As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. Welcome, welcome to Solution Revolution on K4HD Hollywood Talk Radio, the show that goes where others dare not tread. So with no further ado, let me introduce your host, Dr. Robert J. Newton. Hey, 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 namaste. (laughs) This is Dr. Newton. And let's get ready to rumba. Oh, I didn't know I was going there. Well, I'm unpredictable for sure. So welcome to Solution Revolution. Uh, well, there's nothing off the table here. We talk about everything. And it's it's brought me the ire and the attention of the government and the various dark agencies that are involved in trying to overtake the planet right now. Uh, uh, Happy Mother's Day. Today's show is going to be about critical race theory and why you should care. And it's going to be a a whole lot more. But before I get to that, I'm going to talk about what Mother's Day means in the linguistic arithmetic of gematria, where A is 1 in in English, A equals the letter, the letter A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3, D equals 4, sending up to Z at 26, and you take all the, the numbers from the letters in a word or a phrase, and you accumulate them, and you get a compound number. And Mother's Day, and, and, and believe me, this is the only way 
without opinion, which I consider is worthless, including my own. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's maybe not worthless as to determining what kind of music and movies and dancing and sports and things I like, but it's certainly irrelevant when it comes to factual things. Um, so it took me a long time to learn that, but once I did learn it, now I'm an advocate of it. So Mother uh, Mother's Day in Hebrew gematria uh, at 768 is equivalent to glory to God, God's angel of truth, and a voice. And of course, the mother always has a voice, a guiding voice. Uh, at least uh, those of us who have been fortunate enough to have a caring mother. I know some people haven't and have had really horrible experiences with their mothers. And that is really, whoever does that to their children will get the worst karma known to man. You'll be going to the hell of hells, the second dimension, or even the first dimension, which is really the hell of hells, the hell of hell of hells. In English Gematria at 128, we have mystical God, we have the Lord's Code, and we have solar rays, we have the zodiac secret, and we have the arrival of God. So if you take this, we have one, two, three, four, five references to God and the Lord. Four to God and one to the Lord, or to Lord. So we know this is very godly. And, you know, Mother's Day is something that should be celebrated every day, just like I've said Thanksgiving should be as well. And Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, Mary Baker Eddy uh, posited that thought that every day should be a, a, a day of Thanksgiving. And her, her, her knowledge her knowledge and sharing her rationale was that she knew that being grateful and being gra grateful for what you have will bring more of the same. She also said, I mean, this woman was beyond, even though she was, she was and still is vilified by the Orthodox, uh, Catholic and Protestant churches. She also said, um, why would you ask for more? When you're not, when you have not expressed your gratitude for what you already have, so this woman saved my life. Even though I never met her, her book *Science and Health* with the key to the scriptures answered stuff that I knew at five years old that no adult or no uh, no religious authority, a theologian, could answer to me in a manner that was that. Instead of just the, the platitudes that they, they speak over and over and over and over and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Master. Okay, yeah, that's, that's good. But the part about you'll be going to hell if you don't, that's, that ain't, that's not what's happening. I've been up there. I've died multiple times. I've been to heaven multiple times. And I can tell you, these people don't even know where heaven is. I actually do. <laughs> they actually don't. Just as a reference, the first dimension of heaven is the fourth dimension, which vastly exceeds anything you're ever going to find here. A higher level is the fifth dimension. 
And the, the fourth dimension is commensurate with alpha brainwaves and alpha consciousness, which is a type of meditation, uh, meditative brainwave in the theta at 7 to 13 hertz. And the uh, theta brainwave in the fifth dimension is 4 to 7 hertz, much deeper and much more useful and utilitarian for problem solving for... Uh, for doing artistic things, for writing books, for doing research, for studying, everything, uh, even even in sports. Michael Jordan used to get in the fifth dimension. So did Kobe Bryant. I watched him. I looked at their face. I could tell, man, they're like, they're, I looked in their eyes. The eyes are the key to the soul and the key to consciousness as well. And I'm not saying those are the only two players, too, that got into that zone. There were a lot of others. There are some really good ones today, too. Um, okay, so I have um, I have a lot to share. Before I get to the, uh, the critical race theory and all the babble involved with that, I'm going to read an article on that. Uh, but anyway, before I get to that, I'm going to... Um, Talk about immigration, the problem we have with immigration right now. So President Trump's being blamed for all of this, but President Trump actually brought all of this stuff into a, a condition of being controlled, and everything he put in place was uh, undone by executive order by President Howdy Doody and the ringmaster of the three-ring circus at the bazaar in Washington, D.C., and I could say a lot of bad things about him, but you know what? I don't have to. You can just look at him and see what a fucking idiot he is. Pathetic. If I was that pathetic, I'd fall on my sword. I would torture myself. I would kill myself. Good God. How could anyone be so freaking stupid? Okay, enough about him. Idioto de idiotos. Pendejo de pendejos. Okay, um, so as far according to this, I saw Stephen Miller, who was in the Trump administration, he was talking about immigration, and he said something that made a lot of sense to me. Hopefully it does to you as well. Legislators' first duty is to the citizens, to its citizens, to say we need to bring in illegals to atone for our sins is just wrong. And we'll talk about this in the critical race theory. I do believe that article I'm going to read covers it. If it doesn't, I will. Uh, the 16, well, we're going to cover this too in that article. The 1619 um, project. Uh, what did I write here? Oh, it's a book by Peter Wood, Critical Response to Critical Race Theory by Peter Wood. Explains all of this. He said 1619 was support is supported by the New York Times and the Pulitzer Society. And this 1619, I think we're going to get into this other article, was, was slaves were taken to Jamestown in America. I think that's in... Uh, where I lived in Virginia, and this was the first time slaves were brought in. But um, but he, he points out not only America had slaves, but many countries did as well. And it seems like 
we're the only ones that did it. No one else is making all this to do about it. In fact, every other country where it was, slavery was ended without a civil war, which doesn't speak really well for the United States to have to have a war. And I've often said that President Lincoln made a mistake having this big war because I think two to four million men were killed. It was it was horrible. It was and and you know what the scary thing is. If we don't start getting more light dispersed in this country and on this planet, we're going to have another civil war. I've seen it. So that's why I'm working. That's why I'm telling you all the time, meditate, see the light, see the light bombarding all the governments in Washington, D.C., all the agencies and all the state governments and all over the world, and especially in the contentious governments like in the CCP in China, North Korea, uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, Cuba, Venezuela, all these, all these paradise uh, slash hell holes, hell hole paradises. <laughs> yeah, not much. And I, I also want to make a couple things. I've been doing more response on the vaccines, and I found out in. This just goes to, so people are saying, oh, there's not that many injuries, there's not many that, that many deaths. Well, here's what's really going on. For the CDC, fewer than 1% of vaccine events are even reported. So for the year 2016, that's like five years ago, or four and a half years ago, 59, more than 59,000, there were more than 59,000 vaccine adverse event reports. There were 432 vaccine deaths. There were 1,100 permanent related disabilities. There were 10.3 thousand vaccine hospitalizations in the ER. So multiply this all by 10. So in 2016, we had uh, almost 6 million vaccine adverse reports. Adverse reactions. We had uh, we had forty three thousand more oh, more than forty three thousand vaccine deaths. We had let's see one two. We had one point a uh, hundred and ten thousand permanent related disabilities and we had we had about a million vaccine hospitalizations in the ER and these things that they're pushing right now are even worse the Johnson and Johnson a, a, a vaccine even though even though it's not an mRNA vaccine that will recode the DNA to your, dis, to your disadvantage is creating significant blood events, including blood clots and bleeding to death. Those are the opposite. But, you know, if you had some habanero pepper tech, habanero or some cayenne pepper tincture tinct, pepper that I sell on my website, you would be have a defense against that because it will either dissolve blood clots and or thin or thicken the blood as is necessary. 
It's uh, www.drrobertnewton.com. Just Google my name, Dr. Robert J. Newton. The website should come up, or at least it did. Who knows? I know they don't like me. Uh, let's see. And I'm going to try to talk about pyramids uh, from a chapter in my book, The Immortality Prophecy. I have no idea if I'm going to get there, man. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, I just want to make sure that I'm getting everything here. Well, there was someone like uh, named Steve Coonan that was talking about climate science and how it's being manipulated. I've only covered that about 500 to 1,000 times since I've been on the radio or on Block Talk Radio since um, like 20, 2013. All right, so let's get going on this so hopefully we can get to the other. So this is from imprints. This is from Hillsdale College, and this article is by Christopher F. Rufo. He is a founder and director of Battlefront, a public policy research center. He is a graduate of Georgetown University and a former, former Lincoln Fellow at the Claremont Institute for the Study of Statesmanship and Political Philosophy. As executive director of the Documentary Foundation, he has directed four films for PBS, including most recently America. America Lost, which explores life in Youngstown, Ohio, Memphis, Tennessee, and Stockton, California. He is also a contributor and editor of City Journal, where he covers topics including critical race theory, homelessness, addiction, and crime, which are all major issues right now. Let's see if I can get this. Damn, I had this thing I wanted to share it with on my phone. What? What the hell happened? Caramba. All right. I guess I'm not going to share. I don't know where. I don't have the time. Uh, let's get going. Critical race theory is fast becoming America's new institutional orthodoxy yet. Yet most Americans have never heard of it, and those who have, if many don't understand it, it's time for this to change. We need to know what we can do to how to fight this, which I agree a zillion percent. In explaining critical race theory, it helps to begin with a brief history of, a brief history of Marxism. Originally, the Marxist left built its political program on the theory of class conflict. Marx believed that the primary characteristic of industrial societies was the imbalance of power between capitalists, which is companies, and workers. Uh, the solution to that imbalance, according to Marx was, Marx, was revolution. The workership would eventually gain consciousness of their plight, seize the means of production, overthrow the capital class, and usher in a new socialist society. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. How well has that worked out so far? I'm, I'm editorializing. 
nary a place does it work. Cuckoo, cuckoo. All right. Um, during the 20th century, a number of regimes underwent Marxist-style revolutions, and each ended in disaster. Socialist governments in the Soviet Union, China. Uh, yeah, yeah. This page. The pages are stuck. Cambodia, Cuba, Vietnam, and elsewhere racked up a body count of nearly 100 million of their own people. They are remembered for their gulags, which are these horrible prisons, uh, show trials, executions, mass starvations, yeah, which is going on in Cuba right now. Cuckoo, cuckoo. And practice Marx's ideas unleashed man's darkest brutalities. By the mid-1960s, Marxist intellectuals in the West had begun to acknowledge these failures. They recoiled at the revelations of Soviet atrocities and came to realize that workers' revolutions would never occur in Western Europe or the United States, where there were large middle classes and rapidly improving standards of living. Americans in particular had never developed a sense of class consciousness or class division. Most Americans believed in the American dream, the idea that they would transcend their origin through education, hard work, and good citizenship. But rather than abandon their leftist political project, Marxist scholars in the West simply adapted their revolutionary theory to social and racial unrest of the 60s, abandoning Marx's economic dialectic of capitalist and workers. They substituted race for class and sought to create a revolutionary coalition of the dispossessed based on racial and ethnic categories. And that's exactly what's going on right now, my editorial. And it, 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 it's a bunch of a smell. If it, if it smells like excrement, I'm very certain it is. It most likely is. And so that's what you have. So fortunately, the early proponents of the revolutionary, this revolutionary coalition in the U.S. lost out in the 1960s to civil rights movement, which sought instead the fulfillment of the American promise of freedom and equality under the law. Americans preferred the idea of improving their country to that of overthrowing it. The vision of Martin Luther King Jr., President Johnson's pursuit of the great society and the restoration of law and order promised by President Nixon and his 1968 campaign to define the post-1960s American political consensus. But the radical left has proved resilient and enduring, which is where, which is where critical race theory comes in. So what is it? Critical race theory is an academic discipline formulated in the 1990s built on the intellectual framework of identity-based Marxism. In other words, separating the classes, pitting them against each other. Uh, relegated for many years to universities and obscure 
academic journals over the past decade, it has increasingly become the default ideology in our public institutions. It has been injected into government agencies, public school systems, teacher training programs, and corporate human resources department departments in the form of diversity training programs, human resources modules, public policy frameworks, and school curricular curricula. There are a series of euphemisms deployed by its supporters to describe critical race theory, including equity, social justice, diversity and inclusion, and culturally responsible teaching. Critical race theorists, masters of language construction, realized that neo-Marxism would be hard to sell. Equity, on the other hand, sounds non-threatening and is easily confused with the American principle of equality. But the distinction is vast and important. Indeed, equality, the principle proclaimed in the Declaration of Independence, defended in the Civil War, and codified into law in the 14th and 15th Amendments, uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965 is explicitly rejected by critical race theorists. To them, equality represents mere non-discrimination and provides camouflage for white supremacy, patriarchy, and oppression. In contrast to the equality, equity as defined and promoted by critical race theorists, a little more than reformulated Marxism. Let me say, they, again, critical race theorists is little more than Critical race theory is little more than reformulated Marxism in the name of equity. UCLA law professor and critical race theorist Cheryl Harris has proposed suspending private property rights, seizing land and wealth, and redistributed them all, uh, redistributing them along racial lines. Critical race guru Ibram. X. Kende, who directs the Center for Anti-Racist Research at Boston University. Yeah, right. <laughs> Has proposed the creation of a federal department of anti-racism. This department would be independent of and unaccountable to the elected branches of government and would have the power to nullify, veto, or abolish any law or at any level of government and curtail curtail the speech of political leaders and others who are not deemed sufficiently anti-racist. Oh, yeah. What happened to um, the First Amendment, the right to free speech? You see what happens? Do you want some... Do you want some demented, perverted Satanist telling you what you should believe? Controlling your speech and limiting your expression, you know, if I, I take this to its logical extreme, and you will abolish religion. And in, uh, although I have issues with it, it does provide a certain amount of moral standards which communism doesn't have any of. It's devoid of such. Uh, one practical. One practical result of the creation of such department would be to overthrow, uh, would be the overthrow of capitalism, since according to Kendi, in order to be truly anti-racist, you also have to be truly anti-capitalist. 
In other words, identity is the means and Marxism is the end. Well, just for the record, capitalism is a term that Karl Marx coined to describe our free enterprise system. So I patently, and you should patently, if or you should consider patently rejecting such idiocy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They take words and they pervert them. And I, and, and I do agree, and I'm not blind to the fact that we should do more to open up funding to people. There was this um, for businesses and enterprises. There was this, maybe even home ownership. There was this uh, thing for, uh, that was promoted by Ken Bajnack called the Sovereignty Rev Resolution. And it recommended that, um, it recommended that all levels of government give 0% interest loans loans for businesses and I, I highly I, I highly agree with that but if you don't stop this march to communism it might not even matter so you might want to jump on my train here even if you think I'm a cuckoo bird which I guess I could be but I'm well researched so I might be a cuckoo bird that knows what the F he's talking about whereas these idiots uh, patently don't Okay, let's see. As an equity-based form of government would mean not only in not only the end of private property, but also of individual rights, equality under the law, federalism, and freedom of speech. Okay, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. <laughs> I got up on my pulpit. These would be replaced by race-based <laughs> redistribution of wealth group-based rights, active discrimination, and omnipotent bureaucratic authority. So, yeah, so you're taking one type of racism and then you're replacing it with another. Oh, wow, that's a big jump forward. <laughs> oh, frickin' hypocritical and patently idiotic. 
historically, the accusation of anti-Americanism has been overused, but in this case, it's not a matter of interpretation. Critical race theory pers- prescribes a revolutionary program that would overturn the principles of the Declaration of Independence. I'm trying to get the chat chat function up here. There we go. Okay, so if you want to talk to me, uh, you can call in to 818-570-5443-818-570-5443. Okay. So how... How does critical race theory work? What what does critical race theory look like in practice? Last year, I authored a series of reports. This is the writer, not me. uh, Focused on critical race theory in the federal government. The FBI was holding workshops on intersectional intersectional theory. (laughs) Idiot theory, maybe. The Department of Homeland Security was telling white employees they were committing micro inequities and had been socialized into oppressor roles. The Treasury Department held a training session telling staff members that virtually all white people contribute to racism and they must convert everyone in the federal government to the ideology of anti-racism and the Sandia National, and I might uh, when I get done with this, I might look up my little thing on what the word racism really means. It's going to really blow your mind. doesn't mean anything to the pejorative thing that it's become. And I'm going to use the linguistic arithmetic of gematria to do such. And and um, so getting back to the article. And the Sandia National Laboratories, which designs America's nuclear arsenal, sent white male executives to a three-day re-education camp where they were told that white male culture was analogous to the KKK, white supremacists, and mass killings. Oh, yeah? Prove it. Prove it, asswads. I know you can't. Come on. Anytime you can come on my show, we'll have a talk. You chicken fuckers. Come on. Come on down. Come on down, you perverters of truth. Come on. I'll crush you. I'll take you, and I'll distribute your atoms to the four corners of the cosmos. Jeez Louise. What a bunch of bull crap. This year, I produced another series of reports focused on critical race, okay, and education. In Cupertino, California, an elementary school forced first graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and rake themselves according to power and privilege. In Springfield, Missouri, a middle school forced teachers to locate themselves on the oppression matrix based on the idea that straight, white, English-speaking Christian males are members of the oppressor class and must atone for their privilege and covert white supremacy. In Philadelphia, an elementary school forced fifth graders to celebrate black communism and simulate a black power rally to the free 1960s radical Angela Davis Davis from to uh, free Angela Davis from prison, um, where she had once been held on charges of murder. 
And in Seattle school district told white teachers that they are guilty of spirit murder against black children and must bankrupt their privilege and acknowledgement of their thieved inheritance. I'm just one investigative journalist, but I've developed a database of more than a thousand of these stories. When I say critical race theory is becoming the operating ideology in our public institutions, it's not an exaggeration. From the universities to bureaucracies to K-12 school systems, critical race theory has permeated the collective intelligence and decision-making process of the American government with no sign of slowing down. This is a revolutionary change when, uh, when the originally established government institutions were presented as neutral, technocratic, and oriented toward broad-based perceptions of public good. Today, under the increasing sway of critical race theory and related ideologies, they are being turned against the American people. This isn't limited to the permanent bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., but is true as well of institutions in the states, even the red states, and it is spreading to county public health departments, small Midwestern school districts, and more. The, uh, this ideology will not stop until it has devoured our all of our institutions. So that's why you should care about it. Unless you think that communism is a good form of government, and you can't show me anywhere where it's worked. And, and on top of this, this is the most ironic thing, is Karl Marx is known as a racist. There's even... There's even him saying such. What what kind of idiocy? What kind of a what kind of a cuckoo bird would cuckoo cuckoo would buy all of this? You know, all this is is a bunch of manure, and it is good for one thing, but it's not good for listening to. It's good for putting in the ground to grow organic vegetables, and plants, and roses and trees. Thus far, the to halt the encroachment of critical attempts to halt the encroachment of critical race theory have been ineffective. There are a number of reasons for this. First, too many Americans have developed an acute fear of speaking up about social and pol political issues, especially those involving race. According to a Gallup poll, 77% of conservatives are afraid to share their political beliefs publicly worried about getting mobbed on, on social media, fired from their jobs, or worse, they remain quiet, largely ceding the public debate to those pushing these anti-American ideologies. Consequently, institutions themselves have been monocultures, dogmatic, suspicious, and hostile to, the, to a diversity of opinion. Conservatives in both federal and and federal government and public school systems have told me their equality and inclusions departments serve as political offices searching for and stamping out any dissent from the official orthodoxy. Second, critical race theorists have constructed their arguments like a mousetrap. Disagreement with their program becomes irrefutable evidence of dissenters' white 
fragility, unconscious bias, or internalized white supremacy. I've seen this projection of false consciousness on their opponents play out dozens of times in my reporting. Diversity trainers will make an outrageous claim such as all whites are intrinsically oppressors or white teachers are guilty of spirit murdering black children. And then confronted with disagreement, they adopt a patronizing tone and explain the particular participants who feel defensiveness or anger or acting out of guilt and shame. Oh, yeah, well, that's, uh, <laughs> that that might be a valid syllogism, that might be an accurate syllogism, but it's not a valid conclusion. That's uh, an assumed conclusion. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Okay, third. Americans across the political spectrum have failed to separate the premise of critical race theory from its conclusion. It's premise that American history includes slavery and other injustices and that we should ha- and remember I told you that we've had this problem all out through all the whole world. This uh, slavery was not endemic to the United States. They had it in England, they had it in Europe, they had it in the Caribbean, they had it in Central America, they had it in South America, they had it in Africa. The African tribal leaders sold their own people into slavery to make money. I'm not guilty of that. And even if my ancestors were, I don't take responsibility for what they did because I never thought like that. I was taught that we were all equal. And I went to a school that was very racially mixed with many black, at least a fourth black and at least a fourth Hispanics, if not more, if not a, a third, third, and a third white. Um, its premise, the American history includes slavery and other injustices, and we should examine and learn from that history is undeniable. But it's revolutionary conclusion that America was founded on and defined by racism and that our founding principles, our constitution, and our way of life should be overthrown does not rightly, much less necessarily follow. Yeah, that's what I said, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, I jump ahead. <laughs> Fourth, and finally, the writers and activists who have had the courage to speak out against critical race theory have tended to address it on theoretical level, pointing out that the the theory's logical contradictions and dishonest account of history. These criticisms are worthy and good, but they move the debate into the academic realm, which is a friendly terrain for proponents of critical race theory. They fail to force defenders of this revolutionary ideology to defend the practical consequences of their own ideas in the realm of politics. Okay, so... um, Wow. I got 11 minutes. I'm going to read some stuff about pyramid. That's pretty much close. So that's why you should care about it. If um, you want to be, uh, if you want to be told how to think, if you want your history and your lineage um, demonized, yeah, go for it. But if that's what you want, then I would have many expletives that I would dump on your head for being such a whatever. I'm not going to say it. Got to be open to other points of view, but you know some are just so idiotic that it, 
<laughs> become rather difficult. So, okay. Page 99. This is from my book, The Immortality Prophecy, available on Amazon, Kindle, and uh, from my own website. Now let's examine various forms and locations that bring more soul energy, prana, chi, torus energies, and that's which are electromagnetic, into a human body to aid in the quest for immortality. Leaven is a yeast and or an expanding agent that allows things to grow and increase beyond its original form and assuming to assume something and assume something grander. Something that works as a leavening agency is a pyramid and a spire steeple form found on many churches. More is documented about the power of the pyramid shape, but for the sake of quick reference note, the spire form you find on Hindu and Christian temples each has a similar effect to a pyramid as do domes in some churches. In the case of, like you would find in Greek Orthodox churches, um, and possibly um, Muslim temples. In the case of the pyramid at the angle of the Great Pyramid in Giza, Egypt, we have Karelian photograph, a technique of recording photographic images of coronal discharges that reveals the auras of living creatures thereof, which indicates the energies referred to. You will notice the pictures about the pyramids Energy field photos are hauntingly similar to the double helix in our DNA, which is often referred to as Taurus energies. What occurs here is not the pyramid creating visible energy, but acting as an attractor and amplifier, which ever you choose to, view, however you choose to view it, uh, which is called Taurus energy, prana, chi, god force. Orgon and esoteric energy proposed by Wilhelm Reich, atomic force, electromagnetic energy, all those things describe it. And that's what the energy, and that's entirely what the universe is comprised of. And it's not, um, it's not dense matter as, as you've been falsely taught. But when you believe something, you create something as well. You can create something untrue. Just like this critical race theory, if they say it enough times, uh, the it's like it's like sub, subliminal programming. It will go into people's conscious. They'll have a tendency to start believing. Whatever, need to wake up, people. Said energy. I've written enough books to to wake you up. Got to read them. Said energy experienced under a pyramid form is most intensely felt and infused into a body when a person is under the apex of the pyramid, and this would have apply to a spire as well. Yet when there is a residual effect that can be felt, yet there is a residual effect that can be felt and measured even on the outside of the pyramid form. Researching specific measurements relative to the Great Pyramid, we have the work of Joe Parr, an electrical engineer, who completed 55 experiments measuring pyramid energies at the Great Pyramid, wherein he discovered said pyramid energies can pass through objects. 
said pyramid energies can pass through objects. He further discovered that there's a bubble of energy that surrounds a pyramid, which correlates with the Bosnian pyramid of the sun we will consider later in this chapter. In the Great Pyramid, and he's an Egypt German scientist born and Lortus found a double nine amplitude energy in the microwave range above the normal nine amplitude. Swedish scientist Dr. Carl Benedict found the same double nine amplitude energy as born and Lortus. So you have a cross validation there. They also recorded people inside the Great Pyramid exhibiting Alpha and theta brainwaves, both of these effects are significant to the ultimate purpose of immortalizing a body. Joseph Davidovitz, in his study and invention of geopolymer chemistry on deeper examine, determined that the Great Pyramid is made from a synthetic, synthetic geopolymer, mostly comprised of calcite. A an energy which a mineral which can resonate with the pineal gland and the head of the human body, and which has calcite therein as well. Another pyramid researcher, Doctor uh, researcher Doug Benjamin, mentioned the rose granite that comprised the king chamber of the Great Pyramid has the highest concentration of piezoelectric energy of any mineral. Mineral. This establishes the Great Pyramid as a substantial energy generator, but its form, shape, also attracts and amplifies Taurus, Prana, and equivalents just mentioned. Like Chi. As a note, the mineral tourmaline is considered to have the highest piezoelectric energy, but undoubtedly there is a high energy potential in rose quartz. Please refer to Pathways to God, Experience the energies and of the living God in your everyday life for more information about the energies of quartz, topaz, and tourmaline. And this was my first book, and it was published in 2012, but it was written in 1990. <laughs> Took a while uh, to get it published. Considering the mounting evidence, I feel it's fair to state what we have in this amazing great pyramid as well as other pyramids and are substantial energies far beyond those found in any normal distribution of energy on Earth. As Doug Benjamin, an energy researcher who investigated the interior anomalies of the Cheops Pyramid, has pointed out the Great Pyramid takes uh, IR paramagnetic energy, which are induced by magnetic fields that enlarge certain cosmic energies like Taurus, Prana, Chi, Electromagnetic. We we read we read of Sir W. Simons who went to the top of the Great Pyramid wrapped in a wrapped a wine bottle with a newspaper and collects static electricity inside his container. And in Christopher Dowd's book Pyramid Energy Generate, we discovered how the Great Pyramid was capable of and in fact did at one time produce huge amounts of electricity as an energy generator and to be distributed around to the people that lived in the area. Two minutes. Some scientists have conjectured the Great Pyramid was a model of a wireless electric generator which Nikola Tesla uh, created at the Wardenclyffe Tower. 
former NASA scientist, Dr. Patrick Flanagan, who wrote the groundbreaking book, Pyramid Power, has measured not only large amounts of energy inside the pyramid, but also discovered significant energy emanating from the five points, the, five, the four base corner and the 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 four base corners and the apex of the point on the pyramid the top due to the research of worth worth smith and miracle of the ages we know the king's chamber of a great pyramid is a scale model of the much smaller arc of the government which has been conjectured to produce between five and seven hundred volts of electricity so obviously, if this is true, imagine how much more energy the King's Chamber would have produced due to its significantly larger size. Okay, um, that's all I'm going to do this week because you know what? I'm out of time. I got to make a rhyme. <laughs> okay, so my recommendation to you, use your own discretion, but my recommendation is to take the kids out of school and homeschool them this nonsense and do not allow yourself and do not allow other people to bamboozle you into this this bamboozle this excrement lace theory of critical race theory which is a bunch of bull next week i'm going to because i ran out of time i forgot i was going to do it uh, i'm going to tell you what racism really means in the mathematics of gematria the linguistic arithmetic and it's vastly different than it's so different than the pejorative way it's used to. It's actually a good word. So if you want to call me a good word like a racist, okay, go ahead. Except don't because hardly anyone knows what the real word means other than me and a few other people that do gematria. All right. So uh, please uh, check my website. Please support uh, our endeavor here. Also, I'm getting ready to go start up a, uh, a donation thing for teaching yoga, the real yoga, not this pop yoga baloney, to the masses. Uh, the website's not done yet, but it's called a www.positivelifewithyoga. This will be taught on a donation basis. We're doing it through a 501c3 charitable organization that's already established. Any monies you give us will be tax deductible. So I don't, I don't know how much more of a win-win I can give you because in the past I've done this for between $100 and $200 a class, and we're going to do multiple classes. So, And we're going to do it to anyone, including the homeless. Everyone can come. Any religion can come. We're not going to teach any religion because Dr. Paul, Dr. San Paul, who's a Vedic scholar, has a degree in a doctorate in Vedic. He's disillusioned with Hinduism, and I'm disillusioned what the world's religions have done to us as a people, how they've really, really missed, in case of Christianity and Islam, they've really missed the... the what Jesus really said. And if you really want to know what Jesus did, please check out my book that's available on Amazon Kindle. And for me, uh, the um, In the Shadow of a Master, The Lost Years of Jesus. I'm getting incredible feedback and praises for this book. So maybe you should check it out. Like maybe you should for positive. Namaste, namaskar, shalom, salam alaikum. Have a great day. Have a great week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.